Welcome to CEO to Rainmaker, a practical small business educational podcast designed to increase an owner's executive skills, raise profits, and achieve long-term sustainability. And now your host, Gene Valdez. Okay, episode number 36, dealing with the challenges of owning a business with your spouse with Robert and Kaylee Fukui. In my walk as a small business coach, I have met or done business with several companies that were owned and operated by husband and wife. I don't have an official count, but there have been many. Having your spouse as a business owner operator carries some very unique challenges. My expert guests are Robert and Kay Lee Fukui, who are married and own their own consulting company called Power Couples by Design. So when you see them in person, they're just the epitome of power. They both have Maseratis. They have white sunglasses. They have bling bling everywhere. They're power. Their niche is advising married owners how to create a better balance between work and home and other issues of running a business. So let's bring them out. Hi, Robert. Hi, Kaylee. How are you? Hey, G. Hi, G. Boy, hey. that's quite an introduction there. Thank you. Well, you're worth it. I look forward to a very interesting episode. From a personal standpoint, I have to admit, I could never, never run a business with my wife. <laughs> Our personalities are like polar opposite. <laughs> If I say the sky is blue, she says it's white. Uh, <laughs> That's because she's looking at the clouds and you're looking at, not looking at the clouds. <laughs> looking at the so, line. so maybe, maybe we'll turn this into a coaching session. Gene. Well, that's, that's, that's my next step. I might need you after this. You know, one of the big things is I'm a risk taker and she's not. Yeah. So there are other things that we differ on, but I don't want to be sleeping on the couch. So I'm just going to leave it unsaid. So if you guys don't mind, let's just get right into it. Sure. How did you guys end up focusing on your niche, which is to help married entrepreneurs achieve work-life balance? And how are you defining that? There's a story. So there's two questions there. Two okay. But uh, first, you know, to kind of give a foundation, you know, you are one of our target audiences because you, my husband and wife don't have to be working together for us to work with you. You're married, okay. you have a business. And okay. so when you look at the statistics from the Kaufman foundation, 70% of business owners are married. So when you were talking in the introduction about how you've come across several, you know, husband and wife teams, you're probably looking at those that were working together in the business, not exactly the owner exactly. that to be married, right? Very good point. That's exactly so, what I so was alluding each of those, to. Each of those scenarios had their own complexities. So there's a lot of similarities between work-life balance is the similarity, which is they don't have it. <laughs> and okay. so whether they work together or not, they're both trying to get that. And so, but then there's also some different complexities with their, when they're working together or not. Now, how we got into this is really just, it just kind of evolved. Right? Were was, you married first or did you say at your, when you proposed Kaylee, I got this great idea for a business. No, no. I'm that would have been me. <laughs> I got a great idea. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, it's true. That would be her. So as far as working together, it was really, that wasn't my upbringing. Okay. Kaylee comes from an entrepreneurial background. I come, I'm a pastor's kid. And my okay. dad being a typical Asian just said, go to school, get good grades and get a job. 
Okay. And that's what I did. So having a business was not on my radar, but you on a different, is different. Yeah. I'm third generational entrepreneur. So I had a different light of seeing things. Cause I saw some pretty successful people in my time. They had their challenges too, but it was always work hard and you'll be successful. Okay. So a PK and a serial entrepreneur fell in love and they got married. And then the story goes. So I was working, for, I was working in marketing and sales for a pharmaceutical company when we met and I was with them for about 17 years. About 10 years ago was when I started dabbling on potentially having a business, because I guess I was hitting that midlife crisis. You get into your forties and trying to think about what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Climbing the corporate ladder or is it something different? And so the thought about having a business, like I said, never crossed my mind. But when we were dating, Kaylee's the one that said, I can see you having a business. And he was totally against it. And I was like, no, I don't. There's no way. I don't see Wow, That's not it. So So it is true behind every successful man, there's a successful woman. Exactly. (laughs) Because to your point about you and for polar opposites, that's a good thing, too. Mm -hmm. Right? Because if it wasn't for Kaylee planting that seed, I probably wouldn't even, even entertain the idea of having a business. So I went to the... NAICS website downloaded the list of all the different businesses, you know, different industries and try to figure out what kind of business I would want to have. And I pretty much crossed out all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Subway too? Yeah. So then I said, you know what? My experiences in marketing, I can help people improve their marketing. I can help business improve their marketing. Okay. Why don't I dabble in some consulting and then maybe I'll find a business that I want to start. Okay. So really looking at this as paid market research. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm very practical. If you have I'm, following, I'm following. So I figured, hey, I'll have fun. I'll get to help people improve their marketing. I'll get to experience all these different businesses, learn about them. And then maybe I'll find something. Well, a couple of years into it, I find out, you know, I really like this consulting thing. And I really love helping other businesses, especially helping small family owned business. You know, there's an appreciation that they have when their business does better. That's different from a Fortune 500 company. When they're yes. basically only beholden to shareholders and trying to get the next best quarter, whereas the business owner, the family owned business, the privately held business, when you help their business turn around, there's not just a feeling of satisfaction because their profits are better and their sales are better, but there's an emotional attachment to this business and the family and the relationship that's involved with it, right? Like I said, a lot of these owners are married and then of course they're employing people. So even their employees are like family. And right, you're right. helping the community around you. We're the bread and butter, the small business of the economy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I just really had a lot more satisfaction helping privately held business, as I'm sure you do the same thing because you help similar types of business. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. And then six years ago, I left Bristol Myers Squibb and just did this full time. And then I started noticing, you know, as you get to know clients, they start talking about their personal life. And like I said, 70% of business owners are married. So inevitably their home life pops up. Yep. And then they start talking about their home struggles. And so their relationship struggles. And next thing I know, I'm kind of coaching them. You're like a man <laughs> therapist. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes <laughs> I it sign up for this. Sometimes I come home thinking, am I a coach, consultant, therapist? <laughs> and the first thing, even before that, when I first started consulting with privately held business, the first thing I noticed was a typical small business owner was working way too hard than they needed to. They're just not efficient. It wasn't a marketing issue per se. It was an efficiency, productivity, systems, processes, and margins, profit margins that they were lacking. Okay. Fixing those fundamental things really improved their business and also gave them some time back. Because 
when business isn't going well or when they're trying to grow the business, the typical business owner thinks put more time in. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. It becomes a slippery slope where it's time in the business means time away from home. Okay, so let me interrupt you for a second, Robert. So because the statistic of 70% of all business owners are married, you sort of kind of subconsciously gravitated to that niche or that just kind of morph into that? It was really noticing, number one, the small, typical small business owners working way too hard uh-huh. and noticing that, man, it's affecting their relationship at home when they're married. Okay. And I'm looking, I'm like, you know what? I did some, I'm a marketer. So one of the things I do is do market research. I didn't see any coach consultant yeah, yeah. addressing the two things simultaneously. And so then your, your, your mission statement of, of work home life balance concept then became clear to you that that was a yeah. need and you could do it. Yeah. You could do it. Yeah. It was an issue. I mean, and it Achilles- was my, my experience, the business was the mistress. My dad worked six days a week and was never home. And it was really okay. tough on the family, not having him there. And I think too, with small business, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, we are just trying to do the day-to-day stuff, right? Put out all the fires. We're not thinking about, oh, systems. Right, We're not right. thinking about, oh, are looking at our margins, our profit and loss, our finances. That's the last thing we want to look at. And so we're just trying to do the day-to-day stuff. And we're not thinking down the line of what we can do to improve. Yeah, the, the typical business owner is okay. just thriving not thriving. They're responding to the day-to-day needs, putting out fires, handling customer service issues, personnel issues. And then of course at home, the same thing. And so what we found was there's just lack of intention about how they structured just their, their life and their business. So was there a carryover between, let's just say maybe their home life wasn't as functional as it should be to their business? One affects the other. One affects the other. Happy business. Happy business didn't always translate to happy life or happy home and happy home okay. didn't always translate to happy business. Okay. Gotcha. Compartment people tend to compartmentalize. So sometimes there's a business owner is an awesome leader, has a great thriving business, but yet doesn't have the same intention of building a healthy marriage at home. Gotcha. I can, I see that a lot. And, mm-hmm. and then sometimes vice versa, they're very good at relationship and marriage at home but they're terrible in business for some reason. A lot of times they just don't transfer the skill. It's almost like they just shut it off. Like they put on a different hat. Oh, we're home. We don't worry about anything anymore. So for the benefit of my listener, let's strip it down to the nuts and bolts. If I came to you, said, Robert Kaylee, I'm miserable. I have a, I'm working too many hours. My family life is suffering. I heard a lot about you. You come refer to me. How could you help me? What would you do? So, I mean, the first thing we just get on discovery call and just say, what's going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> just throw it yeah. out there. And inevitably, you know, as you're kind of laying out, there's just a lack of work-life balance. There's just struggling. The business is overtaking their personal life, period. And so what happens is as we investigate, the scenarios, the details could be a little bit different, but the concept and the principles are always the same. They Pretty much the same. Work, work-life balance. And number one is when they're working really hard in the business, they have really poor boundaries between work and home. So okay. the number one thing is business owners say, I don't have time or I have lack, I have very little time to spend time at home. Well, the first thing we say is, okay, we have some time and are you making it quality time? So we need to establish some boundaries that the time you do have at home, you make it count. So you're not always answering texts and emails or even thinking and talking about the business while you're home. Leave that in the business. And at home, 
be present. Then the second phase is then help them structure the business so it becomes more efficient so they have more time. So the first gotcha. thing is identify the time you do have and make it count. I'm set following you. Set boundaries. Set boundaries between work and home. Right. Right. So then if, the, if uh, either on their own or through your help, you teach them and train them how to be more productive, mm-hmm. it frees up hours. Mm-hmm that now they can devote to their family or home life. Correct. Right. Also takes a look at the financials to see your profit margins, to see if there's any wiggle room there or things that need to be changed or, you know, are we making as much money off of this product as we think we should be? Are we making any money off of this product? Sometimes they're thinking, oh yeah, this is our number one moneymaker. We get in there and they're losing money because they have no idea where the money's going. Okay. We're just looking so at a lot of in the business and where they're wasting their time and where they're yeah, yeah. concentrating their time, right? I don't think most people would make the connection that, well, I'm having some issues at, at home, but it doesn't have anything to do with my business. It does because if you're more productive, you're not spending 12 hours a day at work. Maybe you could get the job done in seven hours and that's five hours that you can take your son to a little league game or a movie or whatever the case may be. Or maybe you can hire somebody to come and help you part-time. So let me ask you a hard-hitting question. You're both married. You both own your own business. Do you practice what you preach? Yeah, so we try our very best. And sometimes we have to hold each other accountable (laughs) between talking about work and at home. Right? Yeah, so, it can be challenging. So we fall in the same trap, but unfortunately, because we're always helping people do the same thing, it's always front and center. You know, the number one thing for us is really about boundaries between work and home. And, and so do you do that? And so I think we do a, a, a very good job of that. But again, we're like, we're human. So we're going to fall in the trap at the dinner table and talk about business. And so it's up to one of us to hold each other accountable and say, hey, let's hold us off to tomorrow. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So we've so, established boundaries. So that's where the boundaries come in, regardless if it's us or anybody else. Once you establish the boundaries that as husband and wife we adhere to, then it's not just up to the business owner that's working the business to adhere to do, or and it's actually for the both of you to hold each other accountable on these things. And even if the spouse isn't working the business, they could be doing other things that like volunteer work or something, or even their own career that also right. impacts home too. So mm-hmm. they have to have the same adhere to the same set of boundaries, even for what they're doing and how the, what they're doing is impacting the marriages and the family as well. So it's really a family thing. It's not just a, just a business owner issue. It's the boundaries you establish is as husband and wife and then help each other, hold each other accountable lovingly because we all want the same thing, which is we want to build a successful relationship. Right, right, right. Gotcha. If we prioritize that, then the time we do have we figure out how to make that more efficient so we can still be profitable and scale the business with the time we have. Mm-hmm. Right. Scaling a business okay. doesn't require you to put, if we want a five X growth of business, we shouldn't have to put five X more time into the business. Right. Correct. That's just not a good right. form. So it's how do we find okay. without having to put more time in. All right. So let me ask you this question. Other than setting the boundaries, is there like some, common mistakes that married couples commit that is, and maybe they're not even aware of it, it's shooting themselves in the foot as far as the harmony between the life 
at home and the life of business? Well, I think one tip that really helps us is we have weekly meetings. So we get out the calendar. We think, okay, this is what's going on this week. We have family plan. We have a vision for our business and then personal. We talk about that. Are we on track with our goals? Where do we need to be? Are you super busy this week, Robert? Like, well, you're not going to have time to spend with me so that we can pencil something in, maybe a beach day for the next week. So I'm aware of these. Gotcha. I'm not caught off guard. Is there any business we need to talk about? What's going on this week? So yeah, it's basically having an executive meeting at home, right? The things yeah, that gotcha. we in our business to be more efficient, we should be doing at home. So what she's sharing is, you know, with weekly meetings, calendaring and all that, it sounds so business-like, but yeah. if you don't do it, if you're not intentional about your life, Life is just going to happen. And that's why we have lack of balance in our lives is because we're just responding to what's in Correct. Correct. Right? So in these weekly sessions that Katie mentioned, they could be business goals, personal goals, and many, maybe some other goals. Yeah, so communication, spiritual goals, yeah. talking about the kids. Yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. And then and what's quarter, it's more, it's more long-term, more vision casting, right? So we have a whole outline, right, of what our weekly meetings are and then what our quarterly ones look like and our yearly ones look like. Yeah, and I think all of us that were in our younger days when we wanted to you know, move up the corporate ladder. We get so focused on the job and being the, you know, the breadwinner that we forget that, you know, our loved ones want to see us. (laughs) And if we're not there, you know, I mean, I was, I did that a lot myself. I had to catch myself, but, but this is really an interesting topic to me because most people are not even aware they're, they're what you say, Robert, they're just reacting. They're in a frying pan and they're just bouncing off the heat. Yeah. In neuroscience, I think a good friend of ours, Eugene Choi, we just interviewed him. He's actually here in Southern California, too, but he's a big neuroscience guy. And he talks about survival mode versus executive mode. Right. As 80% of our time we're in survival mode means we're just reacting. Correct. 20 or 30% of time in executive mode, we're more looking big vision, big picture, planning, being very intentional about what we're doing. Creative, innovative. Exactly. And just being more proactive. Unfortunately, we spend too much time on the survival mode. All right. Well, we've covered a lot of area in a quick period of time. Is there anything that I haven't asked or you haven't discussed or maybe you did, but you want to re reemphasize the point? It sounds like I keep hearing the word boundary it is critical to your to what you do for small business owners. Is there anything yeah. else? So other than the planning that Kaylee mentioned, boundaries, that? planning, weekly meetings. Yeah. I want to get to one point that you kind of brought up earlier in the introduction, which is you wouldn't want to work with your spouse because you're so different. Yes. Well, we all are, right? As husband (laughs) and wives, we are different. And actually in a business, we don't hire a bunch of people that are just like us anyway, right? We're going to have to deal with differences. We don't want to hire the same Roberts or the same genes because that means- Sometimes. It depends on the job. Well, that's because in every business, there's different aspects of the business from accounting to operations and marketing, and they all require a different skill set and a different mindset that if you hire the same person, then you're not going to accomplish some of these other things. So the differences, and especially as husband and wife, we are attracted to the differences when we're dating. Then when we get married, they become annoyances for some reason. We forget yeah, yeah. that the very reason why we married them is because we were attracted to their differences and our differences are strengths because yes. they're, diff- they're better at something than we are and vice versa. And so 
to help whether you're thinking about working together or you're already working together or you think you shouldn't work together because of fear of conflict is that if you just understand how to do conflict better, mm-hmm. it'll help your marriage. Absolutely. And if you do work together, it's going to help each other work together. You're better. leaving me hanging there. How do you do conflict better? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Want to take a stab at him? Well, we come up, we take our clients through, it's called rules of engagements. And so it kind of goes back to your childhood. For me, for an example, I had people walking out on me all the time when they were upset. They'd slam the phone down on you, walk out the front door, walk out of the room, drive off in a car, storm out of the driveway. So for me, my thing was, I always thought, oh my gosh, what if Robert's going to leave me? If he's going to get mad and he's going to leave, he might not ever come back is in my mind. Whether that's true or not is another thing. So one of our rules of engagement is if we get really upset in the heat of the moment and we at the moment we can't get things resolved, we just need a timeout. So we tell the other person, you know what, I just need a timeout. I need to step out for like an hour, whatever time frame you have in your mind, you communicate that and then tell the other person you love them. And then you come back at the time that you promised you would And then you try and resolve things. If not, you know, you can always talk the next day. But so in my mind, I know he's not walking out on me like he's upset, but he's not leaving me. So I'm not in that crazy, frantic places. Oh, my gosh, he might never come back. I mean, gotcha. What she's describing to is triggers. Mm -hmm. And we all have a way of triggering each other. And then we get into arguments. We get into this, what we call a cycle of insanity. Or we're just yeah. triggering and oh, oh, I like that. Can I borrow that? Cycle yes, of yeah, insanity. Absolutely. It's not copyrighted. <laughs> Cycle of insanity. We're saying the same thing. Is that COI? What's that? COI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're saying the same things over and over to each other and not getting a different result because we're not listening. We're just reacting. Yes. Yes. We're triggering each other. And so, what we do in the rules of engagement, we have what are inbounds when we have a discussion or disagreement, there are things that are you allowed to do, which is inbounds and what are out of bounds, which is what the triggers we don't do. Okay. It could be a okay. word. It could be in her case, what she's talking about was an action. If I'm going to walk out, I have to let her know. I just need to cool off. Give me 30 minutes. I'll come back and we'll pick it up and we'll talk about it. I don't okay. leave her hanging. The key is don't leave the other person hanging in the middle of an argument. And then also maybe not for me, not be sarcastic. Because yeah. I can be sarcastic and I'll and, just set her off. And this argument can be in a business context or a personal yeah. context. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just conflict okay. resolution. Yeah. So this actually helps you in your business too, because you're going to deal with that in, with employees. You're going to deal with it with customers. Yes. And the more you're able to really just not have the field to have to be right all the time, but just listen to the other person and understand what they're saying, as opposed to as interpreting what you think they mean because of their tone of voice by their body language and all that, then we can resolve conflict a little bit easier because 80% of the time we're interpreting 80% of our interpretation is based on not what's said, but how it's said. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Well said. So in terms of the services that you provide for your clients, it's a combination of a methodology that you have outlined and created and common sense and just good interpersonal skills. But a lot of people take that for granted or not, or not even utilizing those. Yeah. Yeah, just like, you know, I hear, you know, when you say interpersonal skills or conference leadership skills, you know, you hear that in a business term, you hear that as soft skills, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It kind of infuriates me because I said that is absolutely a hard skill Mm -hmm. because that's a make it or break it between a sale, keeping a customer 
all the very important aspects of your business comes from your ability to communicate and communicate well. Yes, absolutely. Well, believe it or not, super team, we have run out of time. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is ask you if any of my listeners um, would like to take it to the next level and peel the onion and find out, well, what about this husband and wife balance thing? How do they get a hold of you? Well, first, what I'll, I'll do is I'm going to provide a link for you to put in the show notes. Okay. You can get a free download of basically a guide of better balance. Okay. Basically, everything we talked about on here is in that. Yeah. Guide. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. That'll, that'll make it easy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, our, our website is powercouplesbydesign.com. And uh, you can also follow us in the same name on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, we're on LinkedIn with our names, Robert Fakui, Kaylee Fakui. We're both on there individually on LinkedIn. So you can find us that way as well. Yeah, well, this was awesome. This is a real eye opener. So, so you're going to work with your wife now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or call us. Call us if you need help. Yeah, we'll help you. <laughs> I may have to have a secret session with the two of you first. <laughs> there you go. But uh, it, it stays here. Yeah. Although she does listen to my episode. So right. there's. Oh. She's she's supporting you, Jean. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, continue good work and keep everybody happy and harmonious. We'll try. It's not (laughs) up to us, though. (laughs) All right. See you later. Thanks, Jean. Bye-bye. All right. So this wraps it up, listeners. Hopefully you've obtained some really hard-hitting, thought-provoking information on life and work balance and my extra thanks to robert and kaylee and this is me out see you next week and if you like the episode tell a friend bye-bye now this has been ceo terrain maker with gene valdez to find out more like us on facebook linkedin and follow us on instagram tiktok and twitter if you have questions email the show Find that link and others in the show notes. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.